0: Thank you. Welcome to Always See Everything, the movie podcast where we rank, review, and riff on every single film in the Criterion Collection. I'm Anthony, and this is my co-host, Mick Jagger!
1: Well, hello there, Anthony. I'm very honored to be here. Oh my... Very happy to be doing films with you. Wait a second. Is that? Is this... Sh- I don't think
0: you're Mick Jagger. That doesn't sound like Mick Jagger.
1: What are you talking about? It's always how I've sounded. This is... Sympathy for the devil and all that.
0: I... I'm pretty sure that this is one of the lads, aren't you? Aren't you one of the lads? one of our favorite lads from Liverpool?
1: No, I wouldn't say so. We're commonly confused for the Beatles. We look so much alike, we sound so much alike, and many of the songs are so much alike. A lot of uh, people don't know that I actually wrote "Imagine." Hmm.
0: That I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, for no reason. Uh, Mick Jagger, did you also, you know? I, I I wonder. Do you ever meet up with the other mix, like like McDonalds? You know, you ever you ever do any of that?
1: I've had my problems recently with Ronald McDonalds. I call him modern McDonald now because he's gone woke. Oh, okay. McFoley, the wrestler. I was gonna say, I'm what about
0: McFoley? You 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 guys are you you all get together? Maybe I'm uh good
1: chums with him. We've been uh, jamming Mick... before. He plays the drums don't you know? Um, Crocodile Dundee, also known as Mick. You ever meet with him? Not familiar with what you're talking about, mate. Hmm. Oh,
0: well, I bring up Crocodile Dundee every chance I get. Uh, Mick. I know you're you're new to the to the show, but that's that's kind of that's one of my things. You wouldn't do a bit like that though. You're Mick Jagger. You're too cool for bits.
1: I'm far too cool for it, baby. I'm 79 years old. I'm rotting. I got mummy dust coming out of every orifice.
2: All right, but Mick. I'm still Never mind.
0: You know, this, with
1: the you're literally turning to dust to in morning. front of me, Mick. I'm disintegrating, so, ain't I? I'm thinking we're going to gonna gotta bring back away. Sean. Goodbye
2: goodbye. goodbye. goodbye, Mick Jagger.
0: Goodbye. I have no uh, Rolling Stones jokes. Uh, I guess you could say that Rolling Stone gathered
1: some dust. Wow. I got. He disintegrated and got dust all over my room. All over my room. Looks like he left a fine layer of brown sugar.
2: Mm-hmm. On today's episode, Sean and I are
0: talking, really? not Mick Jagger. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking Mick Jagger. We're talking La Ventura, Michelangelo, and uh a, film. A movie
2: movie. film
0: movie. It's really. It's sad. Uh, we got the Rolling Stones. Gimme shelter. Uh, that, that features someone who we may or may not have just had in the studio a couple seconds who ago. Who
1: just died. <laughs> <laughs> who died a very brief time ago, tragically. we we'll got all miss him.
0: We've got Jean-Jean-Jean-Dealman. I, I really, I'm going to pronounce her name every single way. Uh, also known as Jean-Dealman, uh, 23 Coq du Commerce, 1080 Broussard. 23
1: Coq du Commerce.
0: Yeah, all that. Yeah, it's going to be uh-huh. great. we're we're, it's gonna be so great we we i'm so hyped, sean that's the greatest movie of all time we got to talk about it and then we've got uh to bring up the rear steven soderbergh's traffic sean this was there's some reoccurring themes throughout the week
1: yeah like being really fucking long
0: being long being uh nihilistic and sad about uh the, our place in the world and society, and uh, drugs, you know? And, oh, I mean, and feminist, you know, pieces, but, like, mostly drugs.
1: Yeah. I guess so, yeah. I wasn't really thinking about that. This I was, was um Really, it's a two. There's only two, but still. Uh, yeah, drugs, well, sure. I guess it was a big enough part of those two that I guess that's fair to say.
0: Certainly. Um. So, did you have a good time this week? Because it was... That was this was a long week.
1: Kinda, yeah. It was... It was, uh... How to say... Interesting from a scholarly perspective. Yep. I would say that I learned a lot. Hmm. And I didn't hate any of these. But there are <laughs> at least... At least two films. Well, you know, sometimes we can't even get there. But there are at least two films that I am completely baffled by and have Mm. no idea what I think about them. One of which I am very confident that I will have to rewatch and kind of want to to figure it out, and the other, which I uh never ever want to (laughs) rewatch. I'll leave it to you to guess which one's
0: which. I that's really funny. The thing I think the thing that I came out of this week with is, other than maybe "Give Me Shelter," which I, I I liked a little. Uh, no, okay. Y- you know what? I'll include "Give Me Shelter" in this. I basically came away from this week basically feeling like, well, I should just redo this week. That we should. I want to rewatch every one of those movies. <laughs> "Give Me Shelter" mostly, was, like it was kind of fun in in its way. Just to watch a disaster unfold was was a little mm. fun. And I'd love to get a little bit more information on the Rolling Stones and come back to give me shelter with some stuff. But La Ventura and June Daleman are difficult uh, movie yeah. stars, and, and traffic is difficult as well. And also, fun is not perhaps the most appropriate word, but it's the most correct word.
1: I. Okay, well, I'm glad you included that last part, because I think we're going to get a little bit closer here. But difficult, I think, is one of the craziest ways to describe that one. But let's, you know, let's get started. Sure, sure. So, up first, we've got La Ventura, right? Yeah, La
0: Ventura. Uh Here we have the description from our, our boys at the Criterion Farm. Michelangelo Antonioni invented a new film grammar with this masterwork. An iconic piece of challenging 1960s cinema and a gripping narrative on its own terms, La Ventura concerns the enigmatic disappearance of a young woman during a yachting trip off the coast of Sicily and the search taken up by her disaffected lover, Gabrielle Ferzetti and best friend, Monica Vitti, in her breakout role. Antonioni's controversial international sensation is a gorgeously shot tale of modern ennui and spiritual isolation.
1: Was that on Wii? They had us put the on Wii in there.
0: On Wii, on Wii, yes. I I
1: mean, hey, I want to play Legend of Zelda on Wii. Oh dang! Holy Uh crap. No Super Mario Brothers
2: on (laughs) Wii.
1: Uh huh pretty good that's why they don't fuck with us that's why nobody fucks that, with us that's because why we the run the fucking game <laughs> we
0: start with we start with surface level jokes and then in a couple seconds we're gonna like
1: hate shit like, like super head. mario bros on we that's why we're gods in this town that's why nobody can touch us <laughs>
0: super mario bros on week. that's definitely the title of the episode cut out the. That's why... scenes, the title,
1: <laughs> but it's that good you gotta do it tyler when people's grandmas like talk fondly about fucking us back in the 1960s and they like and there's just teachers talking to their students about like you just wouldn't get it you just you had be, to be right, there that's us they're talking about they're like
0: they're students and they're like super mario brothers On um, we
1: <laughs> we caused
2: 9-11 <laughs> so this film was it was it kind of <laughs> difficult was it,
1: like, kind of difficult for you to pay attention to? Because yep. I feel like it was and was, okay. I'm... That was the, this was the most, you know, we we have, we have Dealment coming
0: up, but I think this was the m- most difficulty I had this week. Maybe one of the most difficult movies other than um, qui on, honestly, that where I just had trouble putting my eyes on the screen for long enough to ingest this movie, you know?
1: Where oh, I was like, I, I don't know. we were done with the Quiet On thing.
0: I know. We're okay. off
1: mic. You can, you can talk about your real feelings on it now.
2: I guess we're oh, not off mic.
0: I think but... it's a stinking masterpiece of, like, uh, you know, ghastly kind of uh, Eastern storytelling that we don't really get over here in in, in Western civilization, you know? Uh-huh. I, I really think that Quiet On is actually, you know, it's bringing about. uh like when's uh, the last I time you, a you saw it Japanese yeah. Uh, uh, it depends do do count yes okay well then uh thursday lapped <laughs> <laughs> uh, is really difficult just to watch and that's kind of the point at first i could not get a handle on exactly what this movie was going for by the end i will say i was genuinely emotionally affected mm-hmm. by it
1: would you say like very? Uh, what would you start to quantify as the end? Because uh, well, there's a few different points where the the you can draw last that line. I think. Act. Mm-hmm. The,
0: the I would say the entire when they booked a hotel room, they're sleeping. The you know the the friends get together. The, the friends of the uh, of the woman who disappears get together, and the very last act, they're in a hotel room together, and. Mm-hmm. When they there, there's that scene where he says, like, I love you, and then I don't love you, and then he leaves and he says, no, I love you, or whatever, and then he leaves, mm-hmm. that started my, like, cr- I'm feeling, like, emotions now, like, mm-hmm. uh, spiral that eventually by the end, I wasn't, like, sobbing or anything, but I felt a oppressive amount of ennui that just hit me throughout the rest of my day like
2: uh, like, it's a
1: great ending yeah like i know you're talking about more than just but i'm Mm. talking about the very last few sequence of shots just like okay there's this incredible use of negative space and distance Mm. between people and their environment that was when i i thought i really want to watch the movie if i if i watched the ending scene on youtube then I would be really excited to watch the movie that it's attached to. Yes. But in practice, I I kind of like what it's going for. I can't rate this thing. Okay, uh-huh. well, hold on. I'm realizing now as I'm saying it that I have not ranked these. But what I will do
2: <laughs> instead luck, of yeah.
1: holding us up is I'm just gonna do it live. We're gonna figure oh. it out.
0: Oh, that's gonna be great. Yeah, stay tuned to the end of the episode where he he does it live or whatever. Yeah. That's great. Usually
1: yeah. you don't. And we know. We've seen the numbers. We know we don't have the viewer retention. I actually don't know if that's true. I'm sure it it, is. No, this is the thing, though. People will tune in for
0: specific movies, which is Uh insane to me because to me, every single episode feels like it's really bundled in with the other episodes. But Mm -hmm. but people will just, uh, you know, we don't have that many subscribers in general, but the few that we do have tend to be like, oh, cool, they're talking about this. And they'll click on that and they'll watch that segment. And then be and then be gone, and it'll be like, oh, great, this this one got more viewers than the other ones because I don't know, someone really wanted to hear us talk about Qui Don or whatever.
1: Interesting. Well, for all the fans of Love and Tour out there, for everyone just clamoring for it.
0: I mean, it's kind of a big title. It it is one of those ones. I would characterize this as. One of the big ones on um, sort of uh, the, in the Criterion collection, one of the ones that a lot of people have have debated over, have written articles on, have put together as an important work of cinema in 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 the canon or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't doubt it. It's just not really something that I've heard a lot about. I think it's okay. just the circles I've run in, but I don't know.
0: <sighs> Whereas the circles We're- I run in are mostly dead people like Pauline Kael and Roger yeah. Ebert who write amazing stuff about La Venture, by the way, uh, at least. Um, I read the Roger Ebert review and I've heard about the Pauline Kael thing of like, she really touted this as the film of the year. And everyone was like, are you kidding me? It's a really, really, really boring movie. Mm-hmm. And the, the apparently the, the joke around in art house circles was to call him Michelangelo Antoine Wee. Oui? Antoine Wee. Oui?
2: That's, that's actually, really funny,
0: that's actually what they were calling him, wow. and which is you know ten comedy points or whatever, but um, about I, as
1: good as I would expect from people <laughs> like that,
0: but that but, like to say like well, it's just a depressing movie, and it's mm-hmm. really boring, and it is just a depressing movie that is really boring. There is something to it, though, I think what I really got from it was just the malaise of these characters are so. <sighs> um dictated by their impulses if i want to kiss one i'll just kiss them if i you know want to do if there's something that i want i can just get it and just having that instant gratification ruins them because then when there is then they can get everything they want and they are still miserable now they they run out when they run out of impulses they found find themselves tr- just exploring the idea of what if we just like sleep with each other because she's probably gone what if we just like explore cuz it feels like, like look for her cuz i don't know it feels like the right thing to do or whatever and i found that effective and when you are talking about a relationship you know whatever i as we probably you guys have probably tracked i tend to go real hard for like relationship stuff like this but um i kind of felt makes the movie as a whole feel uh incomplete i don't even mean incomplete like there needed to be an ending where they find her or something
1: like that i just but made, you are you saying I that you get the feeling of incompletion from it
0: Yes, there is a feeling of being incomplete, and you know that that's intentional. But also, it's not exactly one you're gonna like pop in and be like, "Guys, get out the pizza. We gotta, we're gonna watch this tonight." You know what I mean, babe? Put on La Ventura. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I, this is the frustrating thing about it for me is I really like the, I love the bullet points of this, which is. A mystery that isn't really a mystery because nobody really wants it solved, including the person who went missing. Like, everything that we know about her is like, she doesn't want to be found. She's probably glad she's dead. She's absolutely miserable. Yes. And I like that so much on paper. And I might like it in practice, but I, for whatever reason, it just, I don't know, maybe a rewatch will do it for me. But, this is interesting.
0: But, uh, what I wanted to talk to you about, and I, I want you to finish actually finish your thoughts, and then I want to talk transition into talking more about slow cinema in general and its
1: purpose. Yeah, well, we're going to be heading on that a little bit later for sure. True, true. I, the thing that I would compare it to more than I mean, maybe this is kind of a service level like plot wise thing, but if anyone's read now, Kirishima's Monster. Slash watched the anime adaptation of it that has the a, a similar feeling of a globe trotting adventure a wide, diverse cast of characters heavy and on the psychological elements of all of these characters and how they interplay and bounce off of each other based around a centralizing figure who always isn't always in the foreground but is kind of this this invisible psychic force that draws everyone towards it mm. but the different. I think what kind of created the disconnect here is because I really love stories like that. But in this case, there's just this intentional, but to me kind of irksome insistence on lack of stakes where there's kind of like a, a foregone conclusion element, I think where it's like, yeah, she's not going to be found. Everyone kind of knows internally that she's not going to be found. So this search is sort of being conducted in a way that, you know uses that as an excuse for people to act on their impulses as you've been
2: saying mm-hmm. which is
1: on paper very interesting but it just didn't end up fully working for me
2: and i don't know it's it's so difficult to place but i just didn't end up with any like
1: real affection for these characters or forward thrust or momentum i just couldn't I don't think it was supposed to be exciting, but I do think that on some level it should be at least a little engaging with this many characters, with this much psychological drama and interplay. It just The fact that it didn't work for me makes me feel like I'm not only just not missing something, maybe it just isn't fully for me, but I don't know. I... Yeah.
0: Did you find it emotional at all? At the By end, the
1: end... yeah Yeah, I would say I mean a similar thing to you where Mm. when they have when she sees him in bed with that prostitute who Mm. by the way I had forgotten what Anna the girl in the beginning who went missing looked like and I was like Mm. oh shit that's her and this would be like a whole big dramatic thing
2: Right, right um
1: and it wasn't quite that it was just some random mother lady who wasn't who didn't really seem to have much purpose in the story besides just being that like it's one of those characters where she cropped up, and I thought, well, she seems pointless. I wonder what they're going to use her for, and then they used her for something. And it almost just wasn't surprising because mm-hmm. she was so so disposable otherwise. Sure. Sir. Yeah. I, but, I, 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 I I would know.
0: say good actress. Like I was like into the fact yeah. that she was just like, okay, cool. Uh, you're gonna pay me, here you know, like like the way that she was like, it was just sort of tossed off as like that that's not the point the point is that she's being treated the point isn't to say something about the industry but like just she's this object he did what he wanted to do and he uh, indulged that sort of thing and and then he's done and the, the end you know what i mean like this sort of like i don't know there's something about that scene that i really like where she's like leave me with a souvenir and then he drops the money on the floor and they stay with her for like a shot longer than they need to and just watch you just watch her feet like kick the money around for a second Mm -hmm. and just the aimlessness the pointlessness of showing like i mean she she got the thing that she wanted he got the thing supposedly that he wanted why is nobody happy in this scenario you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like why did nobody actually get what they actually needed or whatever i, I don't know she she i liked her performance for some reason it's yeah. i think that's why i didn't immediately go oh that's i, I cuz i had a problem remembering what she looked like too but i think that a she has heavy makeup on and b uh, the fact that she like immediately is like oh give me this like the way that she talks or whatever i was immediately like oh this is this is this is a prostitute i understand
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> really it really uh, it uh, I, that made me understand that regardless i think that that really is effective in a way because it makes me start thinking about uh my own life and makes me uh, it, it genuinely affected me in thinking about how i just indulge whatever impulses i want to get into how many modern conveniences i just get to that just because these are just rich upper class people so it's really easy for this movie to make fun of them because they're like yeah they have money in the world they're on a yacht they go to the beach why are they unhappy when they went go on a yacht into the beach they're going to get married why you know some people can't get married or have difficulties or have money problems and everything they can do that why are they not happy why are they not happy why are they not happy and then just to comp- com- continue to hit that feeling for, what is this, like a two and a half hour, two hour 40 long movie really affected me where I started to think about the modern convenience that I have. The the fact that I live in a nice, I got air conditioning, you know, I got a TV that I can watch movies on. Why why don't I find myself happy? Is that, is it actually a good thing that I indulge those impulses for happiness? Should I just, should I be instead trying to train myself not to have to do that and um i don't think la ventura you know takes that across the finish line and says and you who's listening you should be you who's watching in the theater you should also be blah 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 it's not preachy like that or anything but it does kind of point it does it's a perfect portrait of ennui it perfectly captures i think that feeling of disconnection in society but not just in society not like between us and other people although that definitely happens but rather between us and ourselves that eventually uh just eats us up inside where we think that ourselves is the things that we want and our choices to get them when actually ourselves should be something different and i understood that i just didn't like
2: watching it mm-hmm. yeah i i mean
1: i wish that i connected even though, you know, you're not over the moon for it, I wish that I had even connected that much.
2: Sure, sure. I just,
1: yeah, I, I ultimately was just sort of wondering to myself, hey, when's the adventure going to start? Are you are going to have a damn adventure around here?
0: I think I very quickly understood that that was supposed to be funny, especially you got an, an, a guy who's, I mean, we'll, we'll encounter him later, but we you got Antonioni, and you're like, all right, well, we've got... Uh, Got a real Autora director on our hands. He's probably gonna throw in some like oh it's called the Adventure. Mmm. Interesting. And then
1: Well, like, I wanna briefly acknowledge um that's like come the fuck up What are you talking about with that name? Your name isn't Antonioni. <laughs> fuck you. Like that's not <laughs> a real I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't care if you guys did Rome, however long ago. Italians—they oh, are not a viable civilization. <laughs> viable civilization. They're just not yeah, organically they, or socially they've only given viable. Some of
0: the greatest works of art of all time. So when?
1: The greatest, when was? The last I would one? argue the when second the greatest
0: one? culture of food ever, you know, conceived.
1: Overrated.
0: Overrated. 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 Italian food is overrated. Overrated, yes. Insane. Insane
1: take. Just a Greek food fucking washes Italian food. Oh wow, what a terrible take you just threw out (laughs) there. Absolutely completely Italy, like listen, you guys you guys wanna suck off Rome all you want, they stole all their cool shit from the Greeks. Oh yeah, the
0: centerpiece of culture. Forgetting, like, go. We want to go back. You could be like, they gave us the everything
1: the Romans gave us. They gave us aqueducts. You want? You can
0: go like, Italian. You cultures. can't,
1: dog. You can't be like everything Romans gave us, and then do the joke from fucking Life of Brian. You have <laughs> to did. be able to think of another one. You have, uh, if you want to make that point, you got to uh, be able to do another one.
0: Capital pun? No, um, they killed she's um all right anything else to say about la
1: ventura oh is that what we're talking about now
0: yeah i would like to get encounter more antonioni and i do really think that like oh this would make a lot of more it, this would really lay a little bit better it would sit with me a little bit better uh on a rewatch um that i'm not gonna not exactly excited to give it
1: and that's yeah, the way it is. Uh, yeah this was the like, one that I was like, I could rewatch this. I could see myself giving it another try. Maybe, oh, you know, sure. maybe certain scenes speeding through some aspects. But yeah, it's it's do a full one. So by process of elimination, you might now be able to tell which one that I would not be excited huh. to watch. Well, would it be uh,
0: Rolling Stones Gimme Shelter?
1: Yes, I dread the day. Nah, this one's good. Mm. I like this one. What I like even more, though, what I like even more, though, mm, oh, is reading the Criterion description for it. Oh, here he's spitting fire. Called The Greatest Rock Film Ever Made, this landmark mm. documentary follows the Rolling Stones on their notorious 1969 U.S. tour. <laughs> when 300,000 members of the Love Generation collided with two dozen hells angels at San Francisco's Ultimate Speedway, Direct cinema pioneers David and Albert Maysles and Charlotte Webb were there to immortalize on film the bloody slash that transformed the decades dreams of into
2: Now you're Mr. Beatles. Yeah, I'm a Beatles. You're that's the what pastor. they call me, Mr. Beatles.
0: Uh, and that being said, I know way too little about them to for, to 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 be able to take on that title.
1: You have the ball cut. That's enough
0: mm Yep, that's true. Mm. Everyone who's looking at me right now on on video can see I I definitely have the bowl cut.
1: Hey, you know what I say when I'm the when I see the Beatles bowl cut, I say does the curtains match the drapes? Um. So what it obviously the Rolling Stones and the Beatles are compared very frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean maybe not compare I. People, no, like say, like uh, they're yeah. they're talked about in the same breath, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never be- seen people be like, "Are you a Rolling Stones or a Beatles guy?" I understand that that exists, but
0: well, I, I do say like I, I do hear like, "Oh, well, the Rolling Stones did the Beatles better," or uh, you know, they're the Rolling Stones. They were no Beatles or whatever, but more in sort of an off offhanded way, just to give compliment to the other. I don't see a lot of people being like, "Are you, you know." X or Sever. Uh, Right, it's
1: not Coke versus Pepsi.
0: Right, exactly.
1: But I think that they're, I mean, being British, it's funny Mm -hmm. for me to say this, but they're both very interesting ciphers for... Because you're British? I am. For just American civilization. I mean, tracking it across like the 1960s, right? Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, I, I don't... I try not to repeat myself after what I know people are saying too much on this podcast, but that this really is just the ultimate perfect straight down the middle, like confluence of events to illustrate the death of the 1960s and the illusions about what it meant and stripping away the artifice and exposing like the just the the vacuousness ultimately of like a revolution precipitated on non-material ideology Uh where there's not really any sort of theoretical or objective basing on just not really a, a, a framework so to speak on other than the idea that you know we are objecting to what our parents want and what society wants and yep. we're sort of understanding that there is kind of an alternative because this is you know the post-world war ii the sort of beginning of the cold war and communism and capitalism coming into conflict and there being an understanding that okay there is an alternative to what america currently is but also being so tied up in Inherent and assumed American ideological precepts that you're just, you're always going to say, okay, well, I don't want to be communist. Like, I know that that's bad. And ah. I don't want to be, and you know what? Communism and capitalism are basically the same thing. They're somebody telling us what fuck to do, and we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I, it's very frustrating, but interesting to see the same thing happen every single generation. Yeah, but,
0: we're just gonna I keep mean,
1: doing this forever. Like the just Batman like and,
0: and the Joker,
1: we need to exactly. We're kind of the Joker generation. Here's my new <laughs> stupid theory that I'm gonna write a nonfiction book on and become a New York Times bestseller: it's the Batman Joker theory. There are Batman generations and there are Joker generations. Wow, um, that's <laughs> wait, hold on. I think <laughs> no, don't say it's smart. You can <laughs> no, say it's profitable.
0: I Uh, No. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, I think I hear the truck of money pulling up to your house right now. So I, I was going to say profitable. I wasn't going to say smart. I really want to go for the, I, I genuinely think that if you said that, wrote it on, like found a way to make that the title of a book and then, you know, printed it or whatever, you could get like a thousand copies sold before you wrote an actual word of that essay.
1: If I found the right subreddit, I could get so much fucking karma from that. It would be insane. <laughs> it's there's, there's a there's definitely
0: like a superhero politics uh metaphor subreddit, definitely.
2: Um but th- this is just, what I mean to
1: say is the frustration of seeing like every generation have the sort of rebelling against really just their parents mm-hmm. in a sense like that's yeah. I mean that's as, as deep as it goes ideologically for a lot of them unfortunately and some people you know end up synthesizing that and reading books and understanding the world around them and trying to you know actually make sense of of their emotions and their personal sort of their personal understanding of the world Within like a context that is, that's more fleshed out, and I don't know. Well, here's the problem: is I'm coming up against now the limits of my own intelligence and knowledge, so I'm kind <laughs> sure. of proving the point ultimately. But man, I don't know. I I hate whenever people Blink. like romanticize the '60s hippie shit because it's just the most infuriating yeah, thing. Isn't in
0: that? World. But your hatred of that is also you rebelling against. I mean, maybe not your particular literal parents, but your parents' generation as well. Is that not?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we all resent our parents for, like, I think impotence. Well, I shouldn't say we all do, but I think impotence and sort of a, an idea that, oh, my parents were ineffective or... And I'm going to be effective didn't... more than right, they have. yeah. And I'm going to change the world uh, in a way Doing they a bunch did. of
0: drugs, uh, going against uh-huh. the law. Um probably doing a little protesting, which is good. Uh but mostly just drugs. <laughs> like
2: that's I mean Man. that's what,
1: that's that childish
0: like rage that comes out. You know You know who
1: I, I sound like right now is Topher Grace. Dude, and, uh... i
2: know
0: i was thinking the same thing somehow these are all i mean ready i was about to bring this back la ventura it very much reminds me of this movie because uh, and i didn't even watch it in that order i watched this movie before i watched la ventura but just bringing up so much about how rebellion can just be like oh everyone's like this is the centerpiece of culture you know free concert free love free you know freedom of speech, freedom to express yourself, all this stuff uh, can end up just being, you know, a bunch of people having an excuse to screw around, you know? Like, and I don't mean screw around as in have sex with each other, although there's plenty of them, but, like, just, you know, mess things up, throw – not have to take responsibilities. I actually was reminded of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and how they were talking about, like, oh, well, you know, we do a bunch of – Benicio del Toro, right, comes up again. But uh, that that's a movie about, like, oh, well uh, – someone has to keep the lights on you know we're not the ones keeping the lights on we're lucky that we can just like cruise from hotel to hotel thinking we're doing something important for the nation by like writing about this kind of culture but really we're just indulging in it and and wallowing in its excess, knowing that there's someone else who's making sure that the world you know that the trains run on time and
1: everything the forgotten and exploited underclass like that's the people who came like this is ostensibly a charity event you know talking about the Mm. the concert at the speedway here ostensibly a charity event in the sense that oh it's free but like who is coming here it's all rich kids it's all the sons and daughters of lawyers and judges and small businessmen who then grow up to take take those judges and small
0: businessmen and lawyers yeah
1: to to take that mantle because you know right now when they don't have any material attachment or Really any solidified class interests, then they can say you know we're 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 changing the world, we're being crazy, we're doing mm-hmm. transgressive things when like at the end of the day, like people don't really understand how much their circumstances will dictate them, and in your youth, it's so easy to try and actively reject that to say you know to right. resent that and try and fight against it in a way that is just Facile enough that it'll end up having the opposite effect, because if you don't understand like why you're so pissed off at your parents, then you're just going to fall into becoming the same person as them. What, the more you what, fear it, the more you're going to resemble it.
0: One of the friends who i don't i tr- i try and, I, i'm not going to name any names in case somehow this ever got out into the wild uh, like through a podcast form or something uh one of my friends in high school was someone who I often had discussions with about like how they hated oh man pop is the worst you know like oh you know mainstream video games are just the worst thing you got to you got to check out like the underground stuff or whatever and how that person really i think tried to uh, unintentionally kind of shook me out of a certain mentality because I quickly realized, oh, you are just as controlled by what's popular as the people who just do things because they're popular. You're just controlled in the opposite direction. It's a binary. If, you do, if it is popular, you know, must be equals bad. Popular equals bad, you know? And so whatever is popular dictates your opinion on that thing. And I think that that's the way that you know obviously that applies to arts but i think that also applies to this kind of rebellion it's like you want to be the underground you want to be like i i i'm the rebel i'm the victim i'm the person who is who's rising up against adversity right and that means that whatever has the power must be the bad thing and look there are plenty of things to criticize about whatever power struggle that you have and i'm not saying that there are plen- are not plenty of powers that are
1: inherently
0: evil or absolutely, you know... Need- right, that's not even really dead. a
1: part of the conversation is how right, right. they are about
0: but these the, things. Right, but your way of going about it has to be constructive and not just... Uh, uh antithetical uh, just not uh, not just anti that especially if we're talking about something as big as larger societies where you're going to end up participating within this culture whether you understand how you're participating in that culture or not uh if you are well, cont- yeah. and carrying over that mindset too really i think uh carrying over the mindset of self-indulgence is exactly what you are supposed to do in this culture as well so you are going to end up continuing to participate in whatever, capitalism, communism, whatever it is that you don't like, you're going to keep on participating in if you're controlled by it, unless you're trying to find ways to actually affect change and not just uh, yell about how much you don't like it, you know?
1: Well, it's also such an American conception, you know, Western in general, but also very American of People being atomized and individualized and understanding their circumstances as a personal narrative. Mm. And it's, that's just not a way to build solidarity and understanding with people. Like that's when, like there is a reason that drugs were like in, they, they were an interest, an area of interest and study for the CIA and especially, you know, threading it in low and, well, black communities because mm. they saw what happened with the black panthers and black socialists leftists or any any kind of unifying movement and they said okay well what's something that makes you as as individualistic as selfish as self-indulgent as possible and destroys you in a systematic way that we can exploit all of the penance of capitalism in order mm. to distribute the most efficiently. And we, that's We're not roads. talking
0: about traffic le- yet. We're not talking about traffic yet, but yes.
1: I actually wasn't even starting. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Really, this is, here's the thing. I like this traffic. Is such a
0: unified, like, I like traffic. together. <laughs>
1: but I feel like even getting to that level is a little bit too much for it. It's, well, it's that's very... kind of
0: everything. Topher Grace says is just saying, like, "Hey, look, a lot of people. If you, if you're you live in this community, a black community, and you just have people asking you for drugs all the time, guess what? You're going to get drugs, and pretty soon you're going to be selling those drugs, and you're going to have a bunch of free time on your hands, and you're and you know, no matter what, you are going to be a part of this whole system, you know? I, I... yeah,
1: and to- Topher Grace, in that sense, his character is correct. But the mm. difference with traffic is that that it's played for laughs and it is fun. right right
2: it is funny. It's a good
1: okay mo- oh, we're not talking about traffic we're not talking yeah, about yeah, traffic. Yeah, i yeah. promise we'll get to it i promise it's we'll so get to good it.
0: that that's maybe my favorite part of the movie is his monologue followed by michael douglas looking at him it's and he
1: immediately <laughs> that was such yeah. a good moment when t- he like immediately shuts up like yes, as in so a cartoon good. like when he just yep. turned from mad to frowny face like that's tophel uh, grace hey. is the
0: Perfect, like you want to kick the crap out of him, and you're like, one day this guy's gonna actually do something interesting when he's an adult. But right now he's a piece of
2: crap,
1: you know? Like, ugh. yeah, oh, fuck. Everybody is so. Good or he'll be movie. a, or he'll be a drug dealer. That would be funny. Yeah. Everybody's good. good in this movie too. I like. I... Well, okay. I, <laughs> I, let <laughs> let me let me let me okay. rephrase that so I don't, don't sound know... like a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I, if
2: you should say that.
1: It's. Like, I think you get a really good sense of the Stones as characters. Mm. And a big part of that is how good it is at illustrating their musical identity or their identity through music or people expressing themselves through music. Like, in the beginning, when you, or at least I, kind of Mm. think it's going to be a regular concert film. Uh And it's a very good concert film because they're so, like, the editing is great, they're fantastic at capturing the energy and the mood and all the ang- like. It's just an incredibly well done concert film for the parts mm-hmm. where it is that, and then to immediately smash cut, recontextualize that in the sense or in the the way that they have Mick Jagger and the rest of the band. I mean, Mick Jagger is really the main character of this. The other, I think, yep. with one criticism you could say is that the other band members kind of aren't really given as much.
2: Yeah, you know, I just I, as I,
1: much.
0: I very but, much disagree with your idea that like it characterizes them as individuals. Anyway, I basically felt this was Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones, you know? The... Oh,
1: basically. Yeah. I don't even think we disagree there. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just, I think it was just kind of not kind of, it was just genius. The way that they have like his incredibly sober and clear minded reaction. And just, I don't even know how much he says except at the very end, but just like his expressions of just utter misery and horror at the whole process. Like, I, I always think about like the, the scene near um it's like when things are really starting to break down just before the killing, and he's mm. just like why can't you guys just be normal about this? Like, just, it's just like <laughs> it's he, so doesn't funny. Even, it's so he doesn't even—he so doesn't have funny anything. To get away. To, yeah, he's yeah. just like what the fuck. Like he reminds. He, well, the it thing just is, doesn't compute in his head. Like why the fuck is this not working out? Like everything is in place. This should can't you like, be cool? Yeah, and that's kind of the lingering like, question.
0: He sounds like a dad. Does he it, does. He sounds like. like Le- I I thought I was like I would listen to this teacher. guy. If I, oh sure, sure. But like it, really? I was like, if I was any of these kids specifically, the the ones who are specifically, yell, you know, going there for free love and all, and and trying to you know signify the sixties and everything, who have that rebellious spirit, I'd be like, oh come on, you're being a square, you know, like he's, yeah. a, he, like he doesn't phrase it in a way, he doesn't find a positive spin on any of this. He just is like, nope, no music. You guys, you guys, taking away your privileges, you guys get to go home and sit on the stairs, or, mm. or in the corner, or whatever, in your room.
1: Yeah, and I think that through the rest of it, like in the interviews and everything, he's shown to be like, if not like a super quick guy. Like, he's, he's obviously charismatic, he's likable, he gets people chuckling at the press conference, like he's... He's the kind of guy that you would think would be able to handle something like this. Like mm. just the pa- that's why I think the beginning, like concert stuff is so important because he's so like swaggering and charismatic, and you're like, Okay, I get it. Like I understand sure. you know, the appeal of the Rolling Stones and everything. Like this is super cool. And mm. it is. But the instant that you have this sort he's confronted with this sort of decay and hedonism and just reckless stupidity he just kind of melts in the face of it he can only mumble like guys what the the fuck it's my birthday it's my birthday i'm the birthday boy
2: i'm the birthday boy what's
1: happening
0: (laughs) it's a great mcjagger impression (laughs) no but yeah i i get what you're saying It, it there's no i mean it's really perfect it is just like there is no substance here and that extends as far as the stars as well as the audience as well as the hell's angels as well as any of these guys it it feels like they they think that they stand for everything and they stand for
2: nothing
1: the hell's angels especially i think had this like you remember near the beginning when they're sort of doing the post-talk interviews there and the hell's angels guy comes in and he's just like this probably drunk rambling dipshit just like when someone fucking touches your, when someone kicks your bike, and that's yeah, everything yeah. that you work for in your entire life, that's everything you, like, you don't even fucking understand how important that is. it's just, like, the perfect fucking American dumbass thing of, like, no, you don't understand how important my toys are. My mm-hmm. toys are everything to me. And if you make any sort of gesture or affectation towards the idea that my toys aren't awesome, then I'm going yeah. to literally fucking kill you. And I will imagine myself as, like, a hero for it. Like, I I am glad that you died because you fucked with my toys. It's just like, that's... I, and i'm sure really that on an emotional it. level that is true but yeah like, for, for, that,
0: side, for that person it is like that is my life and it's like okay that was a bad choice you know what i mean like that like how could we not say like well yeah that was well you already screwed up you decided that your life was this bike that is not an excuse for you to be a bad person
2: right you know
1: yeah but there's because people are so atomized, and they have no sense of of solidarity or understanding with each other, or even really mm-hmm. desire to. It's just whatever in group will allow me to get away with being the shallow, worthless piece of shit that I am. Yep. And however I can justify it.
2: I don't know. I to, I disagree yeah, with your characterization
1: so. a little bit. Of mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, I don't think the Rolling Stones come up like fantastic here, but I think they are kind of the most human. Ultimate. Oh, one I mean, by virtue sure. of them being focused on, but also just like it seems at the very least they have like a social function. It's yeah. like yeah, they're entertainers. They're good at what they do. They're mm. they care about what they do. Like Mick Jagger, although he isn't able to you know curtail the chaos, he seems to have mm. this this like legitimate effort to say like no, like we're we're trying to do something nice for you guys, and I understand uh-huh. completely that like. There's this, like, I understand why he's sort of panicking. I mean, not even yeah, panicking. I agree. It's just, no, I agree. just like, deep sadness. I just mean, I guess, yeah,
0: all right, all right, I'll take it back. I, but I also can kind of see that it's just, like, yeah, they're the best people in the movie. That's not. That's not, not a, a huge. A huge. Damning you know, with faint
1: praise.
0: Right, right. That is. That's bleak, right? They're, they're the best people in the movie, and they. are are the centerpiece of it but they're also you know they're the most human they're the they're given names right like these are people i i I don't we're talking about the hell's angels and the crowd as these like giant well characterized to be clear but like like they they are uh entities right they're not individuals really other than you know blabbermouth about his bike guy um and i think that of course they do seem like they're they're they, they do come across well because they're individuals but you know i just i just think that like i i not that i could do like i could do better or whatever but i think the mo- the the movie does point out they are ineffective they they don't really come across as being able to transfer what they stand for at least here in the states into uh a uh system of authority something that would be mm. constructive something that would uh, a society if you will a a conglomerate of people with similar interests working sort of in tandem to create a better world for everyone involved or whatever seems like it's a great thing, but it also is uh maybe not something that comes together under the tutelage of a guy named Mick Jagger
1: you know? yeah it's an illusion there's not there's not substance right i and that last shot of him just looking, just walking away so dejected, so pissed off, just like all the all the fun and charisma completely drained. Like that's mm. it's so fucking good. There's a reason that uh that they have that as the as the Criterion cover and probably the cover of every release of it. It should be the cover of every release. It should be. By the way, by the way, do you think that whenever they're making a music documentary, they're just oh. rifling through the entire catalog? of of the band if not just everything that they played oh at the concert they're like oh we're trying to find the title of the movie okay 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 uh give me shelter perfect there we go (laughs) like
2: can there be one (laughs) fucking music
1: documentary that isn't like like stop making sense yeah it's a lyric in the thing that is fitting to that give me shelter it's a thing in in the thing that makes sense uh yeah I love their song, Velvet Underground. <laughs> I love, love their song, <laughs> We <laughs> Are the Velvet Underground.
0: Yeah, that's my favorite of their song. Well, yeah, it's just the title of,
1: you know, a, a band or a, or a song. It's pretty... Yeah, that's the least embarrassing. I mean, it's not embarrassing, but whatever. It's, no, but be it's... Be a little it's... bit more creative. Right, or right. Or not creative. Hard just call it The night. Band. Well, yeah. Well, to be fair, yeah. wasn't the soundtrack for that written for the film?
0: Yeah, or that's they were
1: true. doing. That is yeah.
0: true. It's just, but they also released a single or whatever that made it a big hit. I assume yeah. before the movie or as the movie came out. So yeah. Anyway. All yeah. right. So so, look. Uh, give me shelter. Is is what I will say. Give me shelter. Liked it a lot. Probably my least favorite of the music movies that we've talked about movies movies movie, music documentaries that we've talked about so far mm-hmm. with the exception of spinal tap if you count that but of nonfiction, then i gotta say gimme shelter you know it's i don't think that there's a lot of exceptional craft at work here i don't think mm-hmm. the edits really help a lot i don't think that the putting together the way the documentary was put together
1: really uh, shines too much i just think it's I, I disagree with that i actually think that it's very well edited i i love the way that it's constructed really just okay. having that like i said i mean i touched a, a little bit but starting off with a sort of being like a concert film and then pulling back to be very a very stark um sort of like it's let like putting together after mm-hmm. the fact but also before the fact like the sort of in media res like seeing the entire thing being put together and also having the scene in the beginning where they talk about you know, the chaos and how everything unfolded letting you know that it's a disaster before it gets started and then threading in right. you know the difficulties of putting it together i loved the all the different ways that people experience music like uh-huh. in throughout like the the uh, the performances at Madison Square Garden are a big part, but I also just love the scene when the Stones are just quietly listening to a demo, and mm. they're all just kind of vibing out and lounging around and appreciating it in their own way. And
2: they look so I, bored. Don't they look bored No, in that scene? they don't! Are you? They're They're like,
1: yeah, this is our song. They're quietly appreciating
2: it. Okay, all right. That all is right. how
1: I look when I listen to a song that I love, where I'm just like- That you created. I can't- yeah, that I created. <laughs> yeah. where, like I just I can't help tapping my feet a little bit. I'm trying to just but mostly I'm I'm paying attention to it. Sean, you I exclusively, exclusively
0: create uh Minecraft parodies,
1: so <laughs> Yeah, I think it's good.
2: Yeah, it's good for society.
1: Wild, wild creepers. <laughs> blowing up my house again today.
2: <laughs> oh it's just a goodness.
1: sample of the new one <laughs> that I'm working <laughs> on. It's called Wild <laughs> Creepers.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh Took a trip to a villager hunt. That is, uh, I can't do it. I can't. I was trying to come up with like the most innocuous song to make a really terrible Minecraft parody
1: of. And for some reason, uh, uh, my own version of America. to meet America. you. Hope you guessed my name. But what's troubling <laughs> you is the nature of my diamond door. It's good it's pretty good i like the twist at the end <laughs> yeah. that's what you did there i saw what you did there
0: let's move on uh to jean dealman 23 Quai de commerce 1080 Brussels. bruce whatever a singular film, film history oh dang it i gotta say it again chantal ackerman jean dealman 23 Quai de commerce 1080 bruxelles meticulously details with a sense of impending doom, the daily routine of a middle-aged widow whose chores include making the beds, cooking dinner for her son, and turning the occasional trick. I like that. That was really fun. I liked the way that that sentence was put together. In its enormous sparseness, Ackerman's film seems simple, but it encompasses an entire world. Whether seen as an exacting character study or as one of cinema's most hypnotic and complete depictions of space and time jean dealman is an honest compelling movie experiment one that has been analyzed and argued over for decades i all right so i gotta i'm gonna put this up front because Mm -hmm. i know that you're gonna be like this is unnecessary but i'm gonna put this up front i'm gonna be a little sexually explicit this 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 this, talking about this
2: movie because there's there's a moment
0: that i think is kind of important in this movie but so I'm
1: just I throw
2: that out I'm there. am dreading knowing what but, this is. Right.
0: Let's get into some. Let's get into some important thought. Let's let's get into some surface level of thoughts. Uh, this movie is three hours long, and it's mostly and that's it. Doing <laughs> and it's mostly a woman doing chores. Uh, yeah. Uh, did, did you? All right. Hey. That it is. I don't. If that seems like your kind of thing, then check it out. I You oh. know what? I will even go even farther. I think that people should check this movie out. It's really good question mark. <laughs> I put it good with a question mark after it. I think that this was effective. I really understood the point it was going for. I f- felt overwhelmed by... Uh, I I I, genu- I genuinely felt uh, touched by the the points that it was making about... Uh, society about it's uh the role of women about the simplicity of these tasks of uh about uh lower class about you know sort of having to provide having to work these things um i definitely felt connected to poor ms dealman and uh felt like i it was funny that i watched this the day after i saw poor things and i was like oh Mm -hmm. yeah like that (laughs) you know like (laughs) a a very different tone wise but similar points i felt were being made between the two movies uh uh, about sort of uh society's uh oppressive uh
1: the the uh, constricting you know um, the the constriction of gender roles and socially enforced like women especially being sort of held prisoner of their roles and right you know a massive cause of of resentment and ultimately especially the
0: way that it bubbled the 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 idea of it like the like kind of bubbling up of it coming to the surface of it being like we got to do these things uh someone you can analyze this from a very this is a very easily feminist film but i also think that it's a very interesting character piece i think it's a very interesting look into a life that delights in subtleties it really teaches you how to watch it so that by way i mean the scene where she makes coffee was maybe my favorite scene i look i love traffic but that, that was probably my favorite scene them this week mm-hmm. i i just that she makes coffee and then she hates it And the suspense, like, kills me. Like, is she going to hate the coffee when she tries to remake it? I genuinely felt, like, invested because I understood this is the time of her day where she's going to make coffee. It better be good, because otherwise she has nothing. She has nothing in her life. And, look, I I, I think that this was a little, uh, how would I say this? It was a little sentimental and... uh, uh, say uh condescending towards women in general in, in women in uh, in uh housewife positions as you would say in home homemaker positions uh i felt that at points it very much said like isn't this just the worst thing ever although it is, it is also trying to avoid that by being as objective as possible which is kind of its trick which is an amazing trick of showcasing what this was like but at times there are a lot of moments where it feels like jean, jean 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 uh very much just she just sits there and she just uh sits in the dark and waits for the next task that she has to do with sort of a bit of
1: um finale yeah, it's a little bit unfair where it's like yeah even if you were a miserable housewife like You'd probably find something to do on TV or, like, read a book or something, you know? Like, of course this lady's miserable. She doesn't do anything. She has
0: no hobbies. She has no friends. And it's trying to say, like, well, that's the point. She has no time for this. And how are you supposed to, like, fill in that space and everything? But, you know, it it doesn't feel like she has any pleasure throughout her day. The only thing we know about her that she likes is she likes her son and she likes, like, coffee. That's, That's about it, you know? And... It does feel a little unfair, but overall, I think this is a good movie. I I would even go as far as to say, I think this is a great movie. It's just really slow. It is, uh, and I would love to talk about, the. we got two big things to talk about. I want to get into your initial thoughts, but we got two big things to talk about. First of all, the purpose of slow cinema, I think, is really something we should cover, because we have to cover a lot of slow cinema for this podcast. And secondly, we got to talk about that BFI list. No, no there's no getting around it. That's kind of the modern uh th- not the modern conception, but that's what people are thinking about when they're thinking Gene Dielman. If people are googling this uh film and our podcast comes up, they're like, "But is it good enough to be number 1 on BFI's list?" Da-da-da-da-da. And so I'd love to not give our hot takes on that, but like discuss that a little bit.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, do you want to start with that? Because, no I want you to I want you to say your initial thoughts well I don't know i maybe it's not totally fair. This is one of those that I kind of it shows the constraints of this entire project that we're mm. doing because like I did not give this the amount of attention that it probably warranted if not preserved sure. Sure, sure. just because like I had to watch two three movies in movies. one day I had to yeah. finish it up before we were recording there's just I mean this this is a marathon not a sprint both in terms of its length but even if right, it was right. an hour and 20 minutes long the type of film that this is requires a little bit more time giving it a little bit more credit like that's that's just the reality yeah. and I don't feel that I was able to properly understand it and that's mostly my fault i guess but it, it at the very least i think something like this prompts prompts you to say okay what do i value in art like how far can something go where i'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt before it is just too unconventional to the point where it just doesn't resemble what i even like or appreciate about visual media mm-hmm. and like this is i don't know if it's the most challenging film i've ever watched but oh, it, wow. it i feel like it kind of is but i was at the very least prompted you know in between putting on a runescape video <laughs> yeah, uh, here yeah, and there sure. yeah, um yeah you know because you gotta get through it you gotta you gotta power through it but it did at the very least make me consider what i valued or didn't value about minimalism mm-hmm. and this is like broader than than just cinema um but i really see this as like an experimental minimalist exercise in creating meaning through negative space and mm-hmm. what we aren't showing you um, based on the conventions of filmmaking and narrative media, how can you stitch that into something of value in your own mind? Like, some, mm. like, it's when people see a red line on a canvas and they're like, what the fuck? This isn't art. This is just fucking, you know, whatever. Like, this is the kind of thing that provokes a similar reaction. Mm. And you I, always,
0: interesting. You
1: always kind I, of have I, to fight that instinct. Uh huh. Because you know, as as someone new, who's though. like an intelligent consumer of art oh. and media, that's what you're not supposed to think. We are.
0: We're so smart, Sean. Just like all. Well, the yeah, but that's we are talking like legitimately. Like, legitimately,
1: like that work. is. You're not supposed to be the person who says, "Like, oh, it's just a line on paper." But mm. you know, all of us have that instinct a little bit. I think even uh, maybe you know the people who are the most seasoned, you know, art critics and understanders of things would be able to you know, train themselves to appreciate it but
2: maybe oh, yeah but
1: but like i think there's always that thing in the back of your mind like if something is like so experimental and so challenging as this is then like oh. isn't there kind of the instinct to say maybe maybe this is all fucking pointless and i should be watching transformers instead. see
0: that's so funny. I had that exact... Ba- uh, okay, maybe not that exact, but basically that reaction to La Ventura. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt about it, where I was like, if you're gonna make a movie about how pointless and depressing life is, or whatever, that's gonna be this long and this minimalist and this quiet, this like it's intentionally excruciating, then why then why do i also kind of have to scramble to understand it a little bit mm-hmm. what i liked about jean Dailman is i watched it and i was like oh i get it, it like it, it feels so like you, you, the, what you're describing about like minimalism and art where it's like a red line on paper it's like it is very hard to understand the difference between a red line on paper for example and a blue line on paper what would be if you if you had two art pieces like this was made by some you know this was made by Michelangelo, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And it's an orange... Uh-huh. Uh, this was made by Donnie. Paper, he does right? the jeans. Yeah, yeah. And this was made by uh, one of the street sharks. And he put a blue line on <laughs> Oh, in the line. well, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? So if you see those two things and you, completely separate from each other, they both came to the conclusion of like, well, oh, I'm going to put an orange line paper and I'm going to put a blue line on paper. Then you would, cut as a tr- normal person, as a even a slightly conscious art uh artistic person you or art critic or whatever you might look at those and be like i don't see the difference in the choices i don't see why the orange line on paper what the orange line on paper says about society or about art or about any i don't see any point to any of this whereas i think when you see jean dielman i think it's pr- i think it's actually a little heavy-handed and obvious what this movie is about
1: right mm-hmm. am i am i wrong like i it, no i, I don't, don't think you're really, wrong at all i i don't think it's points it's more are, to me about well here at all it's it's interesting to hear your perspective that you're coming from because huh. you will focus more on the thematic aspects of it which i it's think kind of the I'll, only thing to focus on
2: unfortunately no i it's disagree i think that the
1: form of it
2: Oh, I sure. okay, I like right, the right,
1: thematics, right, I right. completely agree that they're easy enough to understand. But <laughs> at that point I was like, okay, I I basically get what this thing is about. What well I I I'm capping a little bit because throughout in like the middle of the movie I had the thought to myself of like, what if something exciting happened once <laughs> at the very, very end? How <laughs> and, funny would that be, but there's no great, way they're cause... gonna do it. And then of, they do. They it does awesome. exactly that. Um, I didn't know. So that I was didn't
0: happening until halfway through the movie. I, I I was literally like, I pulled up the BFI list and like looked at like some some tweet or some summary, and I was like, oh dang, I just spoiled the ending. That sucks, or whatever. Yeah,
1: it, I well, I wish you hadn't for your own sake because it, I wish too. it was very interesting. Um, yeah, to have that, you know. But, so Definitely. it had some tricks up its sleeve, but. Mm-hmm. I was more so focused, yeah, on the form of it. And, okay, what is... Obviously, we are doing something different than what film is conventionally understood to be meant for and good at. And I ended up wondering, okay, is this... This is an experiment, right? And here's where I want to start talking about the BFI thing. I think that there's basically no argument to put this as the greatest film of all time. Because it is an experiment. It is a successful experiment. But yeah. to me, like saying that this is the greatest film of all time is like saying Marcel Duchamp's The Fountain is the greatest artwork of all time. Like, Maybe there's an argument for it in the context of it as like a disruptive piece, but I just don't... Like, Jean Dielman is so blatantly a counterpoint to cinema. It is reactive. Like, what we were talking about with how if you're reactive to your parents or reactive to what's popular, mm. then you're not you're not ultimately, you know, you're you don't have the same depth or uh, as wow. someone who, you know, has a holistic understanding of the context wow. that they're working in and you
2: are works fast. to
1: and works to try and build something to work off of the people, you know, like I forget the director's name, Dielman, but like the people who Chantal Ackerman. Yeah, Yeah, Chantal Ackerman, who. Understands that the form is meant to be manipulated and broken and sees that as a pliant thing and a bed for experimentation and I'm not saying that an experimental film can't be great. an experimental film is my favorite film of all time, but I think that this is so in the it's so in the weeds it's so much about film discourse it's so much a counterpoint to what exists, an intentional and conscious counterpoint that I just don't think it's at all reasonable to say. This is the defining this is the defining thing in the medium. It's so much a work in progress. And that's viewing so film as a work in progress. So I don't I just I, I don't think that this can be the capstone. And it depends on what sure. you mean by greatest. That's a very difficult definition to pin down. But of course. that's why I think that it just doesn't make sense as I am so with
0: everything you're saying. If you were talking about like Anything else, if you're talking about breathless or whatever you know if you were talking about I don't know, not this movie because I think this movie is so i don't know its form is intentionally minimalist, but it is uh not it I don't think of this movie as that reactive. I think of this movie as saying i am going to i just chose I made a set of choices that isn't dictated by like what films are quote supposed to do. But our tr- is sort of saying like, um, I'm taking as much sort of subjectivity out of it. Not that this is a, a whatever, but like I'm taking as much as I can out of it and just showing you what I perceive as the facts. And look, there's a lot of bias to it, but it because it's a movie, um, because it's a work of art. But like the the way it is presented is meant to show you. Like every shot is chosen not for its artistic merit, for being a beautiful shot or whatever, but so that the character has as much room to move around it without having to cut as possible. Like if it, like if this movie had a a super computer of a had a super lens, it would just be like Hubble. You know what I mean? Like it would just be watching Gene Dielman from space so that they never have to cut.
1: I it's. You know what? Here's kind of my issue with it. It's like, mm. this is a narrative film that, in uh, a sense, kind of feels like it's making the same points as just, like, Empire.
2: Interesting. Okay.
1: And I just, I don't necessarily, it's it's a personal thing. I don't think that, I don't think that these points need to be done in a way that's this minimalistic, this not, i Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's non aesthetic because it's not, it's not within my aesthetic taste. but you know, I won't, I won't say that it's not beautiful or ordered or understanding of itself by its own standards. It's, it's excellent. Um, but just it, it's very tough for me to, it, it feels so much like, you know how Green Book people were like, this is such an Oscar voter thing of like, yeah old 50s white person who was just like this was made for you of course you
2: uh, think it's good, even yeah. though it sucks
1: like and i'm not it's, saying that this i'm um, not saying that this is as bad as green book but like right, right. of course a film person in the bfi would say that this is like an incredible defining work because you're so in the weeds of cinema not as an art form but as a method of discourse and as an academic talking point that uh-huh. like that's I think that's a big part of why it's interesting and beautiful to you. And I don't, as somebody who like basically has that same perspective, I mean, I'm young still. I don't consider myself like a movie guy, but like I do this podcast. We have these conversations. We talk. We do every
0: literally every week.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like that's, I just, you know, maybe I just don't like myself being reflected back to me. I completely acknowledge that that's, you know, maybe an element here, but yeah, I I don't know. it's just it's too inside baseball for me. I'm not. I and you know, I, I'm saying that the film, not that I'm just Gene I'm Dealman just so, is this. Uh-huh. It's more so just like I, as a react, my hot takes. You know, slash reaction to BFI calling this the greatest film of all time. That's my take on that. Less so. So it's less about Gene Dealman and more about the you know, like discourse surrounding
2: it. Mm-hmm
0: right because this is the thing is and we should now talk about BFI I mean that's really the center point piece here is just i think that what i took away from that being nominated is actually or that you know whatever getting number 1 on the list or whatever is it kind of makes sense in sort of a in in with all the factors at play here uh, it feels like it was a movie that a lot of people um Could agree on partially because it felt like the most. uh, How do I say? It's the you gotta include it because you wanna include. Perfunctory. Yeah, yeah, most perfunctory one like. Look, I, we will talk about Citizen Kane one day, and uh, we will not talk about Vertigo. But those are the other two that are uh, yeah, that might make it in. the number ones. In the Vertigo time that, we're doing it. that would be great. Uh, Criterion, please stop releasing movies because we don't want to have to cover any more movies. Yeah, if you, you guys could just go them.
1: bankrupt, but also <laughs> have Criterion channel still around so yeah. we can watch things on it. <laughs> that would
0: be awesome. Yeah.
1: Dude, Anytime that you can get to that. Add Vertigo
0: and then drop the mic. That would be yeah. great. Um, I say that as somebody who loves collecting these movies. Um, I think that, but I think that the thing about Vertigo and Citizen Kane is that those felt like, yeah, okay, a certain. Uh, when they, when those people were first asked, when the, the first people were asked, like, what are the 10 greatest movies of all time? They were of a certain generation. Those were the movies that uh, really spoke to them in that generation. Vertigo was sort it's like mainstream-ish. It's still an Alfred Hitchcock movie, but it is, uh, you know, the, his most artsy, his most well-regarded, his most touted of his films. Citizen Kane, uh, you know, kind of takes the mantle and it, takes on the status that we all we know about it today it's the greatest film of all time yada 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 and at the time it felt like it was very subjective but subjective to its time which is not some way that i like to view art as a critic necessarily i try to be outside of my time as much as possible which is just not po- which is not possible at all but you know i i fight like a like the little pib squeak that i am against the ravages of time um like the mortal that i am mm-hmm. but I try to so I try to take a larger approach to sort of all art in thinking of it on a rel- uh, not a relative scale but in sort of on a scale of this is the history and it's continuing and I just happen to be born in the twenty tens but that shouldn't mean that I like twenty tens movies or art or music or whatever anymore except in volume i guess mm-hmm. um but those picks felt like they were very indebted to those time and plays. Now, Gene Dielman feels like instead of being indebted to, well, it's now that we're in the 2010s, so like Get Out, right? Get Out got number 100 on the list, which is a, a very interesting pick. I think Get Out is very good. I don't know if I'd put it in the top 100 movies ever made of all time across all of cinema, but, you know, it's a good movie. Great movie. Fabulous. Masterpiece. Uh, mm. but, it, but I think that though, though that felt like at least if you put Get Out There it feels like it's, oh great, that is the cinema that's speaking to our time. That's the cinema that this generation really touts. And instead Gene Dealman feels like it is reactive. It feels like it is that 60s crowd saying like, well, we're going to rewrite the canon. So we're going to still pick one from that time, but we're going to choose A piece from that time that is a little more experimental, that is uh, directed by a woman, it is feminist forward, and it is a movie that continues to have points that we bring up during uh, during current discussion, but is still like well regarded, is still like something that we can kind of get in with the crowd with, you know,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. still uh, play inside baseball as you called it with the people who really like it, and that's I think why it got number one is that so many people had that had a similar mindset or had a couple of similar mindsets where it aligned it made it on i don't think it was number one on a lot of people's list but it was number 10 on a lot of people's lists because people felt like they should include it and they want to remake the canon and this was their way of doing so um and so that so when you say that you're like this is too challenging this is too insider baseball this feels like it is a i don't i i didn't mean too challenging as in like you can't handle it i'm not saying that what i mean though is like this was too subversive of what film is inherently for it to be number one film because it is it is in form kind of the least film Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. I, I get that, but I also think that it is incredibly accessible to the point that a lot of people, cr- critics were like, yeah, yeah, throw it on the list. Why not? You know? Mm-hmm. I, and I think that that's why, I, I think that that's why a lot of people really got on board with it. It's just like, yeah, yeah, I agree with every point here, sign on the dotted line, send it in. Mm-hmm. Um Without being like, yay, hey, let's queue up Gene uh, you know, on Friday nights. Like, you can watch Vertigo and Citizen Kane today with, like, friends. Right. You ever think about that? Have you – do you – can you imagine watching – Having assume friends now. Like, I assume you watch this by yourself. I watch most of these by myself on rare occasions, very, very rare occasions. Uh, you know, my friend will join me for for one of these Um, But for the most part, I watch all these by myself. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I really should have gotten someone together. This would be even traffic. I was kind of like, Sean, you and I should start watching these like together on like a TV screen or whatever. And that like that would be fun. That would be a movie that we could like talk about and talk over and enjoy as a group. Do you think that a lot of people – and I think you can do that with Citizen Kane or Vertigo as well. I don't know if you can do that with Gene Dielman. I, don't, I wonder if this reflects a certain part of like this is something I'm internalizing. I'm looking to society in general, not my friends, but th- this, this you know uh, force that is uh, undefinable, this non-individual force, and saying like, oh, well, they like it, so I should like it as well.
2: Well,
1: I don't know if I can fully answer your question, but what I will mm. say is, uh, if you can get somebody who's willing to watch this with you, it might make it go by a little bit faster. <laughs> I, so, I that, did want to see
0: – That's I where I'm loved, at. I would have loved to see this in the theater. I missed the oh, way God. people putting it in the theater.
1: Oh, God. That would be a nightmare.
0: It would be a nightmare, but at least you'd have popcorn and a soda and would be forced not to open your phone. And there'd be other people At least? in the theater. Yeah, I
2: inherently. guess so.
0: You know, like,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: I feel like I would be able to digest it a little more.
2: Yeah, um, maybe.
1: For overall, sure. I mean, it would you Yeah. Know, nothing else to do.
0: Exactly. Um, that's kind of the thing about cinema that people are tending to rebel against right now is cinema is a trap. You're trapped in there. I mean, you can leave, but that those are your only two options. You either watch it or you don't. You know,
1: you can't, uh, you know, in you the movie theater, you, I guess you can open up the Red Tube app on your phone, but like, <laughs> it's not gonna get anybody anywhere.
0: The fact you know that there's a Red Tube app is bad enough.
1: Is it? Is there?
2: <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. well, obviously, I assumed I think that, that you, were, you were
0: backing it up. I assumed you're backing it up.
1: I mean, but I'm sure there is. Assume- I don't it would be insane to install a porno app on your phone like what it's also i mean it's but also but insane to, to have but... like a username and password at least to be like i'm going to sign into my porno like shut the fuck up. Look up giant fucking tits on Google images and okay. you know just you are not start advocating for that. Minutes. We're not advocating for
0: you to do that. That this is a disclaimer for our podcast. What? What? We advocate for you to do that. I'll, <laughs> advocate, for
1: do that. I'll <laughs> advocate for you to do that. Check it out if you haven't. It's awesome. Check out Check out female breasts. Check out <laughs> man's hard dick. Look it up. I think you might like what you see. And if you don't, well Try the other one, I said. Oh and maybe, maybe you're asexual. I don't know. I've but pretended the point to be is, asexual before. don't create or... an account. Yeah, have don't create really? an account.
0: Wait, huh? have you really?
1: Sort of, yeah. Just as, like, you know. A way to
0: get out of a social situation?
1: Yeah, like, why are you single? Like, well. Is... Typically, here's the problem, though, is that the people who I tried it on knew me too well, and they were like, no, you're fucking not, man. Shut up. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you got me. Dang. Yeah, I, old
0: again. I dated someone and found out that they were asexual and I was like, this is... Oof, that's a whole other... Let's not put this in the episode.
2: That's different.
0: That's different. Nah, cool. that's, different. Um, that's,
2: that's something different. new. Hey,
0: whatever. Right. Uh, Overall, I think Gene Dielman maybe does not deserve its spot but also doesn't deserve a bad rap. I think this is a great film. I just think that it is a little safe as a number one pick, and uh the points that it really gets into that I, that I think are really well made um can be made perhaps without this much uh stagnation. Sure. Which is kind of how I feel about La Ventura, but I think Gene Dielman does it better. I think that Gene Dielman uh, at least is very clear, and it's oppressive in a way that feels a little cool, I guess. Um Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on. We got a big boy to talk about. I I don't even mean that inter I mean Gene Delmden and uh La Ventura were movies that are way more important to the canon of cinema
1: than this one, but- Oh yeah. This <laughs> is important more than anything to the canon of Bill Simmons Cinema. I wasn't able to find him talking about it, but if he hasn't seen this movie, this is the perfect fucking like middle brow straight down the no bullshit red meat. You got so many actors like I can just see Bill mm. Simmons talking. You about got now. so many actors. You got, you got so many actors. I got. Yeah, I. I, I that, yeah. I'm
0: going right. to tell you my relationship to this movie before watching this movie, and then you're going to read the description without a beat. Okay, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I always get this movie mixed up with Crash.
1: Traffic examines the question of drugs as politics, business, and lifestyle. With an innovative color-coded cinematic treatment, distinguishes its woven stories. Stephen Soderbergh and viewers and lies the newly appointed drugs are in Stanley, a West Coast Kingpin's wife, a key informant, and police officers on both sides of the U.S.-Mexico border. The film, which so delivers a complex and nuanced take on an issue of international importance without sacrificing any energy or suspense, is it's a contemporary classic in the of the four Oscars for best director, best screenplay, best editing, and best supporting actor for Benicio del Toro. I... Well, which crash?
2: The good one or the... The bad one. The okay. bad one. I always get oh. mix up with the bad
0: one. And so I like every time someone was like, oh, traffic's in the Criterion collection, I'd be like, oh, you mean the one that was like a bad Oscar win? Like that famous one? And mm. then I like looked up and I was like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Traffic, crash, mixed up. Gotcha.
1: Here's the thing though. People talk about that crash, the bad crash, because, mm. yeah, it's like embarrassing that it mm. won Oscar. But also, I feel like nobody ever talks about this one, even though it's awesome. You know? I think, I, people is... mostly talk about it in the
0: context of Soderbergh, I think. And maybe Venice yeah, Del Toro, sure. I hear that. But mostly just like, oh yeah, Steven Soderbergh. Remember he was doing great in the two thousands. He's got this, he's got Oceans, he's got Aaron Brockovich, he's got you know, he, he Steven Soderbergh, it's his thing, right? Um mm-hmm.
1: I think this movie rules. I think this, this is, is so cool. much fun i love this thing it's listen the main criticism of it is that like it's not like it it doesn't have bad politics it just has very simplistic politics
0: yeah i mean not just not just because of michael douglas but it reminded me of an episode of like
1: the west wing
0: yeah no you're like oh yeah that's very idealistic of you
1: yeah the feeling it's like very sort of it's very lib-coded of, like, you know, we've got all these problems in America, but who knows what the hell to do about them? <laughs> you know, like, there's just not really uh, any sort really? of imagination. I
0: think, wait, I think that it makes a very specific point about what to do about them. Do you, what do you, do think, you think, it I think that? I think that there's two moments at the end that are... The, the where uh, our main, our two two of our main characters. You got Michael Douglas character and uh, who whose name I don't know. The I'm sorry, whoever that guy and um, Raymond
1: something. Don like Cheadle's he, character
0: whose name I don't know them either. Monty. They both. Oh yeah, Monty. Okay, I know that one he's like Monty. You're gonna call me Monty, and he's like Monty. And he, yeah, whatever.
2: that's why um, I remember
0: him. Okay. He get they both. Do their thing. Their final moment for Monty, it's planting a bug in uh, the the kingpin's house, right? For Michael Douglas, it's saying, "Hey, I'm sorry, but you know, if this is a war on drugs, then the enemies are our fa- friends and family, and I don't think I can. I don't think we should be doing that, right?" Both of those moments are followed by the exact same moment, which is that person leaving, having done that thing, and just kind of smiling to themselves. Just the camera just lingers on there. Michael Douglas goes from like very stern to he's kind of taking a breath. He's he's done something and he's like, huh. And you can kind of see the tension go out of his shoulders just a little bit. He loosens his tie and he doesn't quite smile, but he gets into a kind of like pleasant face. And you're like, oh, he feels like you can see that like oh, I did the right thing. I feel a little better because I did the right thing kind of feeling. And and Don Cheadle, he's like, ah, he's got like a full on like grin on his face. He's like, he runs
1: away like like a little kid. Yeah. yeah." (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Here's what I mean, though, is that, yeah, the solution, quote unquote, is, oh, I did the right thing. I personally, you know, I'm Michael Douglas. And now I want to listen to my dog. I want to listen. I want to have conversations. There isn't really a programmatic or systematic component to that other than we should all just become good people, which is no, 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 no. no. The, 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 but both
0: of those moments, both him planting the bug, by, like running into your house and planting the bug and the bug, and uh, Michael Douglas like saying that thing is they are both anti systematic. I think both moments are very clearly saying like the way that the government is dealing with this isn't going to work. As individuals, we need to fix it. We need to yeah, exactly. As
1: individuals, to- that's that's lib coded. That's not that's fucking right. like what the fuck are you supposed to do as an individual? There isn't it's it, and it. Take that I think it begins and ends like there, where it's like it in is
0: people's houses. Do, do, yeah, like do
1: it's your stuff, moral duty it. to do your job good like i won't, no, 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 it's no, your no. moral he's duty not doing to his a... job
0: michael michael douglas basically he has a plan he has a proposal for what to do with the actual government's resources and he throws it all away and is like you know what i i don't think well we yeah because he that's he personally he believes that it's the just... wrong thing to do and Donald Cheadle, he doesn't, he's not there as a cop. He yells that he's a cop, but he doesn't have a
2: badge. But he's going there. against he's the system,
1: just... but doing what the lib mindset of you, what you should do as a good cop. Like he is performing his duty as a law enforcement officer, even when he is going outside of the law. I, what, hmm. what I'm saying here is that I think that uh, there to really be like, you know my standard, and who fucking gives a fuck about my standard, but my standard of political well, we consciousness to this is uh, Bill Simmons. yeah, all David of them. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I think that you need to have an understanding of what can be done on a larger level. What are the systems? What do we need to change about the systems? And you know, you don't need to have a fucking laundry list or whatever, but you need to have an idea of this is how a group of people can conspire in order to change this system, to create a new system. You know, an understanding of this whole thing needs to be replaced because it is fundamentally corrupt. And it illustrates beautifully that it's fundamentally corrupt. It's fine in its diagnosis, but there isn't really... Like, here's the thing. I I went to Letterboxd just as it was ending, and I rated it 9 out of 5. Because I was oh. like, this is such a fucking... 9 bun. out of 5, yep.
0: One... Great ratio
1: there. Whoops. Uh, four <laughs> and a half out of five. Right. my right. bad. And I was like, this is a this is a banger movie. It's so good. Because I assumed in my head that this was during the scene where Michael Douglas's daughter is talking at AA, and hmm. what I assumed was going to happen was after that, the scene is going to end, and then it's going to show her going like driving home with Topher Grace or whoever and doing a fuckload of heroin. Because that is how it should have ended. Like, there's no reason for it to be like, and now we're all here and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna listen. We're gonna try. Because, like, that's like... Interesting. That's that's the most You'd infantile and facile. Yes, I would, because that cynical. is such a fucking facile that's diagnosis of the of of whole thing. Of, you, thing. of like, you, well, well you she needs to house. She needs to go on her personal journey. Your, she needs to fucking... Infantile. She needs to, like, oh, this was actually a story about somebody who started off in a bad place, but they ultimately realized that this is the right thing to do. Like, I'm sorry. Barely, this, no, are was, we no, trying no, to talk no, about no, fucking no, drugs no. The movie and was the systematic about her. and... What,
0: what? The movie was barely about her. but Well, yeah, but... the movie was, it? Really about, was the... it was Michael Douglas's arc that was really the important part there. The fact that he was the one who was showing up. It's like, we are going to work on this together. We're not going to... I'm not going to kind of shove this off to the side as something that i don't have to deal with as an individual yeah as
1: per, as personally as individuals uh-huh. that's why michael douglas's story ultimately hinges on i need to save my daughter from drugs and then uh-huh. this teaches me that here's what you here are the correct opinions that you need to have in order to you know be and a good actions person you have
0: to take which are being
1: and personal hold. actions in your yeah. own personal life which involves you reassuring yourself that you're a good person with a proper understanding of the world, and then what the fuck changes? Interesting. Whatever no. changes if everyone decides to do that and say, "Well, I need to be a good person, have the correct opinions, you know, formulate my wife in a way that uh, my formulate my, my, my wife.
2: wife, formulate my
1: wife." I love formulating wives in my <laughs> head. It's the only. Never mind. Uh, yeah, but no. like that's cut that out. <laughs> No, you don't have to. Please don't cut it out. Um, it's very important to me. If you're a wife, I can formulate. <laughs> I'll contact,
0: just... You can contact me at twenty. You know where to find me.
1: You know uh, where to find yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but like, that's what does the world look like? Yeah, if everybody contact, takes contact, that contact. as their as their takeaway, which is like, yeah the the war on drugs or any sort of social issue like it is solved by individual good actors deciding to fix up and clean their own rooms and fix their own lives like i'm sorry that is childish that's not how these things work that is kind of sort of how it starts but where it end ha- has to end up is some si- sort of unified understanding and solidarity with a larger class of of people who are suffering from these issues and countless other interconnected issues and building a fucking common understanding, not just between the members of your personal life, but between, you know, everybody, governmental, non-governmental, like this needs to be a bigger thing than I am sitting down, I'm sitting my white ass down and listening. Like, sorry, that's not enough. If anything, it's a distraction because you're convincing yourself that your job is done when ultimately there's no needle has been moved. What has been changed here? So, i that's... Listen, we are spending so much time on my legitimate one sort of problem with the movie. But I'll I'll let you have the last one.
0: I think that's interesting. I think that is very much uh, you bringing in a personal opinion of sort of how this thing... How these things go. I don't think that this movie is meant to appeal this movie is not meant to be directed at the government yeah or government it's directed at your own it's directed at people who are going to watch it which are ordinary people what can i do about the the war on drugs right and what it kind of says is look if you are a you, you as an individual you need to listen you need to talk to other people you need to be able to yes clean up your own backyard as best you can if you ha- and if you are someone who can affect change like Don Cheadle is then you have to go out color outside the lines break a couple laws you don't have to worry you there is this system the system in place is not going to fix anything and you know it and I like that what he calls out Don Cheadle for, where he's like, "You know it, and yet you're still enforcing that thing, right?" Like mm-hmm. basically, what's his, uh, what's that actor's name? I love Miguel Ferrer. Miguel Ferrer, right? He he says he says like, Mani, you are the worst kind of person because you know how bad, you know, this system is, how little this is working, and yet you're still doing it, and you're still a part of it." And then he dies immediately after saying that, right? In a not sentimental way at all. He just dies, you know, uh, 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 in in a bathroom on the floor, floor. choking. Right? I think that is uh, effective because what it's saying is, you need to find ways to break the system. And look, that's and listen, listen. The solidarity you need to feel with is. It is with your unit with the people who are nearby look at find solidarity with them and be disruptive in whatever way possible find ways to 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 subvert uh normal means of communication normal means of society and everything i think that's Look, I may not agree with the entire politics of that, but that is—I mean—that I mean—and you're right, there is like some simplicity to exactly the way it says. But I think that is a what it feels like the movie is boiling up to. I do think that the movie is good for having um, that mindset of saying like you go into traffic thinking there's a war on drugs, what am I supposed to do? And you come out of traffic with okay, I get it. This is what I'm – whatever. Uh, there, one of my favorite uh, – this is not a great way to start a sentence, but one of my favorite Joss Whedon quotes uh-huh.
1: is from Let's Avengers. Let's go. I'll hear you out. Let him cook. In,
0: in Avengers, uh, the, the very first one, which is uh, the best one by far, Um, there's that scene where the, the – he – Nick Fury's spinning his whole yarn about, like, we need to have this Avengers initiative, fight the battles we never could, blah, blah, blah. We need to, you know, do these amazing things. We need to, you know, to stand for us. And he's getting a little poetic about it, a little over the top. And, you know, the big guy on the screen, he's like, Director Fury, you know, wars aren't won by sentiment, right? And he goes, no, they're won by soldiers. And I, th- that's very, very simple. But, like, that sentiment, I think, is that that idea that mindset that viewpoint that is expressed there i think is exactly the viewpoint expressed in traffic where it's saying look this is not uh, we're going to to try whatever we can we're going to create budgets and we're going to rearrange uh you know um uh our our defenses and find ways to to figure out how society has uh failed uh, people groups in areas and uh relationships with other countries and we're going to have to do all that but on an individual basis what this means is you need to snup and you need to realize that the stuff that's in place is not working and you need to color outside that i actually think that it's a very very simplistic idea and i don't think that that's a Bad thing. I don't think that that's necessarily makes this movie a lesser movie, and I don't think that just uh, it. It. I actually think it would be more infantile to end with sort of, oh no no no, they're all screwed. She's gonna go, you know, do heroin in the bathroom, and then it'll all be over, right? I think that it does have that. It does say right now we are screwed, but it is saying there are things you can do, and I think that makes for a great work of art. Um,
1: you know what was yeah. awesome?
0: What was awesome? I mean, let's just talk about. There's a lot of awesome just in this movie.
1: When uh, when the sniper shot the guy, and then
2: <laughs> Louis he made Guzman
1: the got into the car, and then had blow it blowed up.
0: It okay. That was so sad. I was. It was so, sad. Louis, I did not. I've. I, I mean, like everyone else, I'm like, oh yes, Louis Guzman. I love him in like there's the joke in community that i love so much where they're calling Luis guzman on the phone and she goes he goes what i've totally seen a bunch of your movies and he like gestures for his friend to hand him the phone or whatever and he's like i loved you in imdb right uh-huh. like that's the sentiment that a lot of people have where they're like oh yeah Luis guzman i know who he is or whatever but could i name a movie he was in mm, right no no right um, Very prolific.
1: Was he? In... He's so great
0: in the. But I think he's. I, I think he no, might he wasn't be. What the fuck are we talking about?
1: Oh, he's like Ooh, that would be good.
0: I wish he was. That I wish he was in my canon. I
1: was thinking of another guy with a weird caveman brow in Ron Pearlman.
0: He would be a good. Would, <laughs> that's good. He'd be. Uh, he'd be really good in Gene Dealman. Don't you think? What John if... Pearlman? <laughs> him too, but I was talking Luis Guzman. Like, imagine Sheen Dielman like goes to a store and Luis Guzman's there, and he's like, "Hey, what are you looking for today?" And she's like, "Oh yeah." And she like buys something for Luis Guzman. It'd be good, wouldn't you like that?
1: That'd be great. He'd be so good playing off of her. She's just like he, you know, this sort of cold and exacting and mm-hmm. sort of glassy exterior, and then him mm-hmm. doing his thing of like. He's always cast Personal. as like a thug or a tough guy, but he's right, right. like, he's always more than a little fruity. Like he's a theater he's, yeah. director. He's cheerful. And yeah. he's
0: awesome. And he's, yeah. It's, you're 100% uh, right. Even but though like, maybe your terminology was a little outdated.
1: <laughs> no, it, it came back. <laughs> people say fruity now. It's people okay. say fruity now?
0: Yeah, they do oh well in that case, usually you know like what? actual I, gay
1: guys do it instead of like me I pretending hate, to be positive you know what gay then? For i
0: hate fruity pebbles uh-huh not a fan, not a fan. and you know i'm <laughs> no, not, not, you know, not sure not, i'm not taking that it. one step farther that would be okay funny. i was gonna say okay. and the brown ones are the worst <laughs>
1: Okay, so I like you doing. Here's the joke that I was going to do. No, because. Instead of, listen, it's better to ask for forgiveness he than should, permission.
2: You should kick Putt-It out.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, we're talking about Luis Guzman, who's in such mm. a small part of this movie, but this is a fucking rogue's gallery. Initially, I was like, oh, I didn't know Bonicio Del Toro was in this. I mean, I I remembered once I saw mm-hmm. him, but I was like, I didn't initially remember it as, like, a Benicio Del Toro film. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit, he's mm-hmm. in there. That's cool. Oh, shit, Don Cheadle's in here. That's cool. Oh, uh-huh. fuck. Is that Miguel Ferrer? Is that Luis Vuitton? Uh-huh. Is that Catherine Zeta-Jones? Yes. Is that Viola Davis as yes. literally an like named social worker yes. in she's one scene? Awesome. A- she's good. Steven she's good. So- she's so so awesome. Yeah. It's like who how many dicks did he have to suck Steven Soderbergh <laughs> to like get to call in this many favors? It's He's, awesome. It's when, maximalist. When
2: and it it's Mom, so good.
0: Miguel Ferrer and uh and Don Cheadle are sitting down in the same scene. And and uh, Luis Guzman is like, wait, can I tell my joke after Don Cheadle told them not to? I basically wanted to stand up and clap. Like, I was like, this is cinema. This is what, I-. like, it was funny actually seeing this right after La Ventura, where I was like, wait a sec. You, you could accomplish whatever you were trying to say, like, through this.
2: Why? Are With-
1: not- and it's funny, and it's yeah, awesome, it's- and it's entertaining. Yes. By the way, I looked up my best. Topher
2: Grace was in this he
1: got Topher? Holy fuck you're right okay never mind. fuck what I was gonna say Uh, actually no it is important because were you wondering how the penis joke was going to end yes we are coming off of to sleep with anger which is I looked it up Mm. and I could not find anybody I did that same thing who had a version of that joke the version of the joke that I found which I think okay maybe this works is because you know the setup of the joke is a guy you know he gets yes tattooed on one side of his penis uh-huh. and no tattooed on the other side and then he goes home and talking to his wife and then his wife says you tell me how to do the dishes you tell me how to wash the clothes and then he gets cut cut off the version uh-huh. that i found said that the way that that ends her saying, you tell me how to do the dishes you tell me how to raise my kids. You tell me how to do this, this, and this. And now you're going to put words in my mouth? Which that, is like,
2: yeah, that makes sense. really funny. That Actually, makes sense. Uh, but It's not as I, good
0: as the first one. Whatever, I can't remember what the joke he had before that was really funny. Cause that made I me can't laugh.
1: either. But it's just like a the, yet, the fact that it's yes and no specifically to mm, me implies there might be a... another layer to the punchline. But right. hey, you know, that's
2: that's that's, it's okay it's pretty yeah it's fine whatever
1: Uh, i just i was (laughs) torturing myself
2: no you're right
0: hey you Uh, know hey why is it called traffic because drug trafficking oh wow i'm an idiot (laughs) holy holy crap (laughs) what an idiotic thing that i just said there
1: hey it happens not to me and I don't know to anyone else ever, but it happens. It has happened once, apparently, to apparently.
0: you. Holy cow, because I was immediately like, oh, traffic, like car traffic. That's why I get it mixed up with crash, um, because I think of cars, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, there's going to be a scene where they're all like stuck in traffic and everyone is there. Right?
1: <laughs> and then they're going <laughs> to say, what is this, some kind of traffic?
0: <laughs> that, that's so
1: funny holy cow okay that makes
0: sense
1: um man what no, a funny think... probably dog shit movie you imagined in your head i'm glad that <laughs> didn't happen i re okay to, to summarize i thought this movie was really good did you think this movie was really good because it sounded oh, yeah. like kind of like not. oh yeah oh, listen yeah. the issues i have with it i have listed but mm. it is an insane all-star performance by everybody everyone is so fucking charismatic michael douglas is so mm-hmm. good they all they all understood the assignment and they put their whole pussy into it mm-hmm. uh absolutely that michael everybody. douglas
0: is leading the war against drugs that's really funny that it's almost like an inside joke for me to like yeah. see him as like a movie star, I was like, "Oh, Michael Douglas is in this. He's probably gonna be like a guy who does. He's gonna be like the drug king then right, or whatever, mm-hmm. who gets taken down. And then no, he's 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 supposed to be the guy who's like, no, you can't do this or whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. And he does it.
0: That's Last him. Thing, before we move on, Benicio del Toro deserving the Oscar, like really good performance or not?
1: Oh, he's great. There's right. so many good supporting actors. So good. Maybe it was just like Dana his Jones time. Jones was also
0: pretty good. I don't know if I'd put her... I mean, she's, she was pretty good, too. Yeah, John she was Chico, good. Luis Guzman was obviously amazing. Uh, yeah, great performances all around.
1: I think maybe it was just like, here's a good opportunity to give it to him. I don't mm-hmm. know how prolific he had been before this, but, you know, he'd been around, and I don't yeah, know if he'd ever had, you know, nominations, so... You know, they're giving him his flowers. Don't know if that that's exactly what went into it, but you know, it makes uh, enough sense to me. I don't hate it. Yeah, I
0: mean this is his first uh this is his first nominee as well as award.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I nominee. would uh
1: I have no issue with it. Yeah. Can I... we acknowledge we haven't talked about the filmmaking much because there's so much oh, yeah. to talk about. In this oh subject.
0: yeah, it's in yellow and blue,
1: bro. <laughs> Wait, hold up. It's did the thing that everyone says about it. I didn't love that. I, I eventually got into it. The color grading mm-hmm. thing is a little bit goofy. It reminded me a little bit too much of Pitch Black, the first Riddick yep. movie.
0: Yep, love Pitch Black, yep. Um, One of, but, one of my wh- favorite, one of my least favorite, favorite movies.
1: That's a great movie. But, uh, have you ever it's, watched any of the other Riddick movies?
0: Yep, I've seen all three of them. I watched them in a weekend, and then I've, re- if I'm not mistaken, I've rewatched the just pitch black by itself because that's kind of you kind of you kind of get it. That's kind of the best one for that's, sure. Kind oh, of the
1: only reason to yeah, more kind of go back to. Um,
0: I kind I like Riddick. I think Riddick like the last the third one is good. It's just, what I like so much about it is that it basically says, like, the, the first 20 to 30 minutes are it just saying, hey, Chronicles of Riddick sucked, didn't it? Don't you hate that movie? And then, like, the rest of the movie is like, anyway, here's a regular Riddick adventure.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, that's good, because I actually don't think I've seen that one. I think Chronicles yeah. of Riddick, I was like, all right, we're done. And I'm out, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: No, I, um, I Riddick
0: is one of my, like, Crocodile Dundee, I like... The, oh, like, again with the fucking not, crocodile Dundee! No, but you are like the only
1: like. one in the universe who's <laughs> talked about it this much.
0: But that's what I like is I like finding the, the 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 characters where it's like clearly an iconic in quotes character, like people don't talk about enough, but like still phenomenal. Like people still know who you're talking about when you say like, oh yeah, Vin Diesel played Riddick, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, I they I know what you're talking about, right? He had a video game, he was it uh, was an icon, right? Um and the crocodile dundee it's the same thing right but like who watches those movies except for us weirdos you know yeah
2: that's my favorite thing
1: well in addition to giving riddick Mm -hmm. um well actually just Pitch black the other ones aren't really like that but in addition to that this ended up feeling very like like gritty indie like Mm -hmm. hard scrabble sort of but also, simultaneously, that and an HBO drama, mm
2: mm-hmm.
0: like well, the, it's a full season of an HBO drama,
1: like condensed into oh yeah, it's, basically it's based it. off a
0: miniseries, or I don't know if it's a HBO thing, but it's definitely based off a miniseries.
1: Oh, is it? I actually did it, not know that.
0: It is. Uh, I yeah, I looked it up. It, it's based off of a miniseries. I actually think it's impressive because I found out found that out, and I expected it to be rushed, and it did not feel rushed. I kind of feel like it still functions as a film even with all of that you know mm-hmm. the only part that i kind of felt like was a little trip up was uh, michael douglas kind of going from I, well okay never mind i really like the scene where michael douglas is where where Topher grace is like oh you should probably give up this vigilante stuff she'll come around you know the police will get her or whatever and michael douglas stops at, like right as Topher grace gets to the car and then mm-hmm. he, there's a moment of just recognition and then he unlocks the car. First of all, I was a little concerned because I thought that what he was worried about was, wait a second, is there a bomb under my car? And I only mm-hmm. thought that because of the earlier scene and everything and I was still... Yeah, oh people. absolutely.
1: There's no reason not there, to. There's assume. no
0: reason to, yeah. But that being said, the uh, what I read it now in retrospect is he's realizing, oh this, I forgot, this kid's full of crap and he doesn't why would he, after saying his whole rant about how the system is all messed up and blah 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 blah, you know this kid doesn't believe in the police, so he must be hiding something, and so then waiting for Topher Grace to eventually go to where he knows that she is 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 a nice moment. Although I will say it's a little simple that he gets there, um, that he just finds her, you know. But, yeah. Well, but at that point, like the, the movie's got to end
1: at some point, you know.
0: It does. It does. It just yeah, it's got to end. Um, and with that. Let's move on to our live rankings from Sean.
1: Uh Sean oh, Jesus.
0: You gotta you gotta do this in real time. So I want you to just to walk us through your, your process. Um while you're okay. pulling up, I will rank, but don't start it yet. I want you to
1: just just take a second, take take a deep breath.
2: It's
1: <laughs> as deep a breath as I can take. I have very shallow um, lung capacity.
0: Hmm. Uh, I, so I put Rolling, we're we're ranking out of 185 entries, we are almost at a 200, Sean. This is, whew, this is getting crazy. Um, yeah, so I got, uh, Gimme Shelter, Rolling Stones, 128, right below Grand Illusion, right above Chasing Amy. Uh, I would even maybe put it a little farther down, but whatever, it's it's all right, you know, I had a good time with it, there's nothing wrong with it, Velvet Underground is all the way up at 119, and there's other, you know, Hard Day's Night is 107, so you can kind of see that this is really the lowest I put any of these music films, uh, you know, but I don't really have a lot to say. La Ventura, oh boy, um, I really put a lot of investment in that last ending, it really emotionally affected me, I think that I really started thinking about sort of Yanui of my own life, and I may be overrated a little bit, but uh, I'm going to put it at number 91, right below Blood Simple, and right above Tokyo Story. I was actually looking through the BFI list. Tokyo Story is like number four, which is a crazy thing, because it's not even close to that on either of our lists, if I'm not mistaken, so, you know, that's, that's crazy. Whatever. Uh,
1: they're, whatever they're up to over there. None
0: of our they, they're cooking. They're cooking with something different. Um, then, then we get up. We're, we're getting a little higher. Gene Dealman uh was really hard for me to quantify i eventually put it at number 52 right below beauty and the beast right above dead ringers it doesn't breach that perfect that masterpiece level or that 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 great film level that beauty and the beast and walkabout kind of you know mark the the beginning of it's right outside of that and i i think it's a good place traffic got really high i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it down a no no whatever Traffic is coming in at number 37 right above Alexander Nevsky right below Black Narcissus. Great movie. Um yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah, the the the, the filmmaking stuff is a little goofy, but I love Soderbergh's style. I love how little he seems to um to care whether you think his stuff is goofy or not because he's just got such solid performances solid stars solid writing solid filmmaking solid cinematography that like you can take something a little goofy like a blue and yellow filter and uh that's the end of my list sean live rank go
1: uh laventura uh boring did not did not like Did I'm not going like 160... oh we go down a little bit uh let's put it under a case of, no, do I like dislike it that much? Let's put it mm-hmm. just above Variety Lights and this... so in between Life Brian, to so like Ooh. 168.
0: Ooh, that's crazy. Variety Lights and, and Life of Brian. Nice. Uh, next,
1: Gene, John Dealman. I mm-hmm. did not really get into it, but there's a nice little corner that's reserved for stuff like that. It's by Alphabill. It's by Orpheus. It's by The Naked Kiss. I think 150 nice. makes sense. Wow, still that's
0: so low. Yeah, that's yeah, well, crazy.
1: Give me shelter. I decided to put just above Sandro, just below Watership Down at a hundred and four. Mm. Good, good There's company kind of, there. Yeah, it's in between quite a few musical films. Actually, not in between, mm. but below it is this is Final Tap at a hundred and five. Hard Date Night a hundred and six. The Lore at a sure. hundred and seven.
2: Sid mm. and Nancy
1: at a hundred and sixteen. Yeah. Velvet Underground also for me, though it ranks in the seventies, is uh. It is remaining as one of the highest, and then right, right. traffic. Finally, we're gonna have it at number seventy-six. Just a heavy oh, wow. hitter, fun-ass movie, just below Last Temptation of Christ, above Velvet Underground. I mean, insanely good company there. Oh yeah, it's it's just so much fun. It's just a damn film. It's a film. Film. It's a film. I don't know what the fuck I meant by that, or if anyone can understand <laughs> what I'm trying to convey. But you That's can't, awesome. you can't tell me it's not a film. It,
2: you
0: cannot tell them that I'm, it's not. It, it's, a, I it's think a kingdom, I'm done. It's not a kingdom. It's a cl- a not something. a class. It's not a. It's a. It's a phylum. Uh huh. Like Cordata. Um. I
1: think, no, I. I got you. It, yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Cool. Good.
0: And, and with that, let's talk about what we got next week, Sean, because next week okay so so first of all we should announce in two weeks we are going to take a we're going to take an interesting uh not a break we're going to take a interesting swerve and we're going to give you a really interesting week where we are going to bring on uh, you you know him because i've talked about him like twice or whatever on the podcast other sean and we're going to talk uh one of his favorite uh filmmakers samuel fuller you may remember from shock corridor and uh the other movie that we talked about. with Naked him, Kiss. Uh, Naked Kiss, right?
1: I yes. only know that because I just ended up looking at it on my list.
0: And and we're going to talk about the remainder of his films in the collection. That's coming up in two weeks, so stay tuned for that because that'll be a very special guest episode in which we do something very interesting where we both meet Sean for the first time.
1: So mm-hmm. that's going to be fun. Liquid uh, Sean. <laughs> that's <laughs> for you freaking gamers out there who understand oh, wow. how fucking gamer culture Dang. and shit Next week is going to
0: be one of our all-time interesting weeks, because we've got. I'm going to skip what we got first, but we've got cries and cries and whispers. Ingmar Bergman, an important, a heavy hitter, in my opinion,
1: uh, a beast, Bergman, a monster. We got some
0: Bergman to talk about, and I am. Um, uh, I mean, it's a, it's an important film in in, in the histories of the cinema. Blah blah blah, you know, whatever. But then we got another beast a beast of a different color we've got the beastie boys uh anthology video anthology collection and i'm holding it right here uh in my hand right now this is a collection of um music videos from beastie boys now hold on hold on hold on
1: hold on you're telling me they're making music
0: videos now i know right totally insane and this is the thing you cannot watch this unless you have the physical collection or some kind of emulator online. I'm sure those exist and you can pirate them. Don't do that, but you know, also that probably exists. Uh, but the vid- Beastie Boys video anthology is interactive. It is supposed to push the boundaries of what DVDs can do. And uh, for that reason, you kind of have to have uh, the physical copy. So Sean and I both have our physical copies, and we will be watching through a bunch of Beastie Boys music videos which is going to be pretty crazy. Sean, do you like the
1: Beastie Boys? Yeah. They got some I, good songs.
0: It, that's exactly how I feel. My sister loves the Beastie Boys and I'll probably end up giving her my my collection when I'm done with it. Uh but I'm like, yeah, Intergalactic is pretty cool and um there's that other one that I like. Sabotage? And... I don't think it's Sabotage. Something about a girl or Hey Ladies. Yep, that's it. That's all I
1: got. Anyway. Bloodhead uh, Gang was kind of supposed to be the successors to the Beastie Boys as, like, funky-ass white boys, but they never uh, really took off. Probably because they're uh, fucking terrible. <laughs> and they fucking suck.
0: Well, you see, the fa- th- that's the thing. That's why we bring you on this podcast, Sean, instead of Mick Jagger, is that unlike Mick Jagger, you know something about the music industry. And so I really wanted to, you know, that's why... I yeah,
1: you. I know who you gotta um, suck off to make it.
0: So Sean, you and I decided, in light of you know, we've got the Beastie Boys, which is a beast, we've got Cries and Whispers, which is a beast, we're gonna choose two French beasts for no reason, just just throw them out mm-hmm. there. So I decided I see what to do, you're
1: trying to do there.
0: So I so I decided to do Jules and Jim. Um, I'm just excited to watch this movie. I've had it on my list for a while. Uh people like
2: it and you know I don't have anything else to say just in general are you done um so mine
1: listen it was a different time in my life when I went mm. by the hole, but oh. um I thought that you know maybe call it back to how I started how I got my beginning um so we're gonna do le treu the whole which is uh a french movie
2: and sounds oh, good that's cool. that's, that, that's all folks that's
0: uh jules and jim uh, the beastie boys cries and whispers we got th- those four coming up for you next week thank you all for listening please tune in next week to hear some of those titles please remember to rate review and subscribe uh, this week's editing was done by uh tyler frazier thank you so much tyler um i'm losing my voice uh please check us out on i'm, I'm getting off twitter dude it's gonna
1: happen i hate Twitter I <laughs> so I'm gonna much say that every week you I'm die. gonna keep
0: saying it yep uh, but in, in the meantime you can check me out uh, check us out Anthony reviews uh, check us out in the description check out anthonyreviews.com reviewscom um, this is an Anthony reviews podcast I am writing stuff pretty more or less regularly at least every other every couple of weeks I'm putting something out on there if you subscribe you can get that remove uh, review reviews straight to your inbox um, and as always, Super Mario Brothers on the Wii. And that one gets removed. You can't say that oh, yeah. in today's political climate. <laughs> I think
1: actually you could probably say that more. Oh yeah, you know. you're right. You're right. Um,
0: yeah, uh, we're removing it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. But also, I said something
0: though. Uh, they, their uniforms are nice. They gave us. Are, are we Roman still talking pantheon, about the Romans? Which is just the Greek pantheon. No, again. wait, the
1: uniform thing, that was the Nazis.
0: No, the Romans. They've got cool, like, you know, they got the helmet with the, like, feather on it. They got the, you know, they're centurions. The word centurion, that's a pretty Roman thing, you know? that's Oh, a pretty cool fuck. Thing they gave yeah, us.
1: that's true. Yeah, so, you know. They what? gave us my high school mascot. That was the
0: best. Yeah. <laughs> was it really?
1: Yeah. So people are He's like a Roman warrior. What do you think my people high school can,
0: mascot was?
1: he uh, used freaking condom?
2: No, I don't Sorry. That was crude. That'd be pretty crazy, though.